We're, we're doing a series called Glory Days, and um, we, we're sharing a lot of stories, a lot of testimonies. The tagline for that is, our greatest story is still being written. If this is your first week with us, um, the, just know this. Sometimes we go through seasons when it feels like, like our best days are behind us, you know, I'm getting to the place where I can look back and I have more days behind me than I have ahead of me. And it can start to feel like, well, let's just coast to the end. No, 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 no. Say no coasting. Because God's writing the story and our greatest story, collectively, our greatest story is still ahead of us. And so um, Revelation 12, 10 says we overcome by the word of the, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we've had people that have been sharing their testimonies Throughout this series, I think I've preached less in this series than any other series we've ever done. And I'm good with it. Yeah, I know. Natasha's like, it's been fantastic. We just revoked Natasha's membership. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but I want to remind you of this because this morning we have two testimonies. Um, Amanda Queen is going to come first and then Jeremy Hardy is going to come second. Um because we've talked, I know, and this is, we didn't plan this. It was just like, y'all just do it on the same day. And I really want you to lean in. I want you to listen for common themes and common threads in the testimonies. Because I believe this, I've known this my whole life. When people share their heart, we should put everything away and lean in, right? It's holy ground when people share their stories. And when they share their stories, they're not saying, hey, I'm perfect now, right? We know that one of the things I love about our church is that we don't want to wait until the story is completely written, book closed, before we tell that story. Sometimes you have to tell the story as you're going through the story. And so we're not today where we used to be, but we're also not today where we're going to be. And so it's not about perfect people getting up and sharing a story. It's about real people getting up and saying this is my life. This has been my life. And guess what? My life is real and my Savior is realer. Is that a word? More. He's more realer. More better. I shared this last week and then um, we'll pray and, and get started. Testimonies do three things. They remind us that our enemy is defeated even though he isn't done. And our Savior is victorious even if we haven't won. And now we must decide whose side we're standing on. So here's what's going to happen for the next 25, 30 minutes. You're going to hear two of your friends talk. And you're going to hear in their story that the enemy is defeated. And that he's also kind of mad about it and he's still busy. But you're also going to hear that their Savior is victorious and that they're winning. And this, I, this last one, I love this one. I just get like, I don't have a soapbox. But, and I wouldn't get on it because I'm talking to me more than y'all. But we don't get the luxury of just kicking back and going, that was a nice story. Because testimonies force us to decide. Will we be on the side of the enemy who is a loser? Or will we be on the side of Jesus who is victorious? And we're going to call you to that decision when these testimonies are over. But first... Jeremy, I'm so glad you're here. I don't know if you've heard or not, but we have a guest speaker. Okay. It's Jeremy. He's coming second. Amanda's going to come first. This is Amanda Queen. Give her a humongous gathering. Welcome. 
I saw Greg get up with you. I was like, she brought her bodyguard. He's going to take me off the stage, right? Come on, y'all, stretch your hands this way towards Amanda. We're going to pray for her. And then Jeremy as well. He's right there too. So, God, right now we just pray you fill Amanda and Jeremy with your power. There is such anointing when we share your word. And when we share how your word has worked and is working in our lives. And so I just, God, I just pray right now that this would be easy for them. That your words would be in their mouths. Because your word does not return void. It accomplishes what you send it to accomplish. And so right now in these next few moments, you are speaking to the body. You are calling people back to yourselves. And we thank you for a sister and a brother who are willing to share their story so that other people can have a new chapter. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. Hi, guys. Um, so, like you said, I'm Amanda. I've um, been going here for about four years, and I really didn't want to give my testimony. Uh, not that type of person, not a public speaker, and I just didn't want to. But God kept urging me to, so I asked Paul if I could, and he graciously let me. Um, I am going to start out with prayer. Um, if y'all want to bow your heads. Jesus, I just ask you, have your way. Allow my words to be of you and allow my testimony to speak and heal others. I ask you to help me with my nerves and my emotions as I speak and that I do it gracefully for your glory. And I pray that people's lives are changed and allow that them to allow you to have your way with their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So I have great news. Did y'all know that God actually heals the brokenhearted? He does. He really does. Um, I definitely know that. Um, he definitely transforms. That is a big theme for me. He transforms. Second um, Corinthians 3.18, he says, And we all who are with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his image with the ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Another verse I want to talk about is when we're faced with situations that are out of our control. A lot of situations that I had in my life were out of my control. So I want to read Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love that the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. Okay, so from the outside looking in, most would say that I had a great childhood, and most of that is true. I was raised in church. I was a good kid. I did not get in trouble until I was in college, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, I was given all the godly resources to master adulthood, but brokenness stemmed in my life from a very young age, and I was born into a broken home and it stayed broken throughout periods of my life. One of my first memories is my mom and my dad in a physical altercation. That was the norm for me to see until I was about three or four years old. Although I was never physically abused by my dad, mental and emotional abuse was a big theme growing up. My dad struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction at different points in my life. My mom had her own trauma and I suffered secondhand fear, secondhand fear due to that. My parents were divorced by the time I was four, 
and I grew up listening to negative things from both sides about the other. So much so that it created a toxicity in me. It caused me to be toxic in others' lives. I've hurt people. I've hurt people with my words. Having to learn bad behaviors is very, very hard. Um, my daily prayer is that I continue to talk with kindness to others, um, especially for those who matter most, my husband. He gets the brunt of it sometimes, <laughs> and I hate that. But I want to do it not just for him and for me and for God's glory, but I want to do it so I can show my boys what kindness is. Um, my mom remarried when I was six, and for the first time in my life, I had stability. My stepdad, whom I sincerely refer to as Papa, was the one thing that was constant in my life, or is constant in my life. He showed me compassion, he showed me unconditional love, and everything a child is supposed to need or have. On the other hand, I despise going to my daddy's. I fought it hard every weekend. On top of the verbal abuse, I was exposed to inappropriate sexual behavior by the next door neighbor that was I was too, she was too old to be playing with. Also was exposed to random pornography magazines that my dad had lying around his filth-ridden house. I'd like to say that was the only occurrences of negligence. However, that wasn't the case. I was also being molested by a child of a babysitter my mom trusted. None of these things were made known to my mom or my dad until I was a young adult. Fast forward to teenage years, my mom ran a tight, tight ship. She liked things in a certain way, and she definitely did not like certain things being talked about. That was torture for someone who's very bold, sassy, and independent, and also angry. The sense for control, or my lack thereof, caused a lot of issues in my young adulthood. When I was 13, we started going to a new church, and I was saved. Then, around that time, because I yearned for Jesus, I also yearned for my daddy to be saved. Um, he was still going through a drug addiction at this time. He was, has quit alcohol, but he was still heavily into drugs and pornography. I prayed for healing for him. I prayed for his broken heart to be mended because he didn't have the childhood that I had. In March 2006, I saw my daddy leap over chairs to save his life. Amen. Yes. That was the most truly life-changing thing to witness. However, even though that was so great, hearing, still hearing and experiencing his struggle with bitterness and also never getting the apology for what he put us through, I was pretty angry. I sought out counseling from a wonderful local pastor, and he helped me through that anger. I ultimately forgave my dad, and I forget, I, healed, I prayed for healing and amending that relationship, and it did happen. While I had peace for most of my teenage years, my world was about to be really rocked. My parents, mama and papa, divorced when I was 20, and the process of that was really hard. I was vulnerable, emotional, and I felt out of control. And around the same time, my grandmother was also going through cancer treatment. So we thought we were going to lose her. So that was just bombardment after bombardment. 
Um, thankfully, she's in remission. Um, to top all the traumatic events of my life, I was raped by someone who I considered a comrade while serving in the National Guard for a week. led to a rabbit hole of promiscuity stemmed from trauma response. I sought out love and validation in men. I lost all confidence and self-worth that I had, and I refused to seek it in Jesus. I had an awful judge of character. I dated narcissistic and toxic men, but I also was toxic as well. Anxiety and depression settled in deep. I slept awful hours. I couldn't hold down a job. And ultimately, I believed Satan's lies. And I continued allowed him to put thoughts in my head. I thought God forsaken me because how can so much happen to someone who is so young and has the potential to really live? I wallowed in self-pity. I thoughts of suicidal ideation weighed on my brain at that point. I felt like I lost all purpose. I felt it. It always had been there, but I felt I had lost all purpose. When you allow yourself in that deep of a hole, you easily believe all the lies the enemy has or what others say about you or what others do or say about you or to you. But even then, I still tried to cling to Jeremiah 2011. 29-11, my parents instilled it in me from a very young age, for I know the plans I have for you, for the plans for good and not disaster or future and hope. So a couple years later, 2017, still doing the same thing, being an at-distant Christian, still allowing the enemy to continue to lie to me, not allowing God to truly have his way with me, I was self-indulgent in a bad relationship, and I got the call. My dad had passed away from a massive heart attack. Say I was truly heartbreaking and deeply lost was a very big understatement. But then I knew I needed something different in my life. I was tired of running. I was tired of just being stagnant. Those were the times that I started to get on my knees and I prayed. I prayed for Jesus to get me out of that deep hole that I dug myself into. I prayed for his healing and just to do something in me. Isn't it amazing how the light switch can be flipped so quickly in our darkest moments? I don't think I ever prayed so hard or much in my entire life. I felt as he started to work on my hardened heart, he worked in my anger and my depression and the void that I created. I started visiting churches around where I was living at. I still struggled for about two more years, and I always felt that tug, though. So in 2019, after hitting rock bottom financially, I moved back to my hometown, and something shifted when I came home. I held tightly to Romans 8.28, It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And 
those who are called according to his purpose, my good was coming. I felt it. I started taking my focus off the worldly things and the lies that the enemy had for me. I actually started coming to the gathering in 2019, and um, my prayer for when I started coming back was that I would be more like him, that he would take my broken heart and he would just make it whole. Because I am his, you are his, we are his. I'm gonna state Paul's infamous words. <laughs> Simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes. Because I was obedient, I was reintroduced to my husband in this church right here. He blessed me with my purpose. I have the pleasure of being a wife, a mama to two precious boys, and I graduate in May with my associate in medical assisting. <laughs> Things that I didn't think that I would ever have because I was in such a deep hole that I didn't think I could get out of it. On my, and I didn't, I didn't get out of it on my own. Jesus was the only thing that got me out of that. I have a family here at the gathering and people who lift me up in my little family each and every day. I feel closer to Jesus than I ever have in my entire life because he was always there. A lot of people think that when you're in a hole or you're lost that he's not there. People think, like I even thought, God forsakens me. I'm, I'm not worthy, I'm not, but that's not true. He's always there. We just have to allow him to be there. Do I still struggle with forgiveness, pain, anxiety, and depression sometimes? Absolutely. But my Jesus is greater. He is. He's healing me. He's taking me places because of simple obedience. I lean in him in the process of my struggles because, Lord, I do struggle <laughs> Um, I yearn to do things for his glory, and I want to be the woman that he has meant for me. I am no longer that broken, afraid little girl. God heals the brokenhearted, and no one is ever too broke for Jesus. <laughs> Pastor Paul Brooks spoke the other week about being dead in sin, and Jesus brought us back to life, and it's true. I was dead. I was dead in sin. And he brought me and all my broken pieces back to life. God doesn't allow us to go through situations for no reason. Sometimes our situations are due to our own failure to allow God in your life. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And he meant that for us. He knows our names. He knows our situations. He knows our purpose. He is the giver of peace. He is our provider. He breaks all our chains and all our bondage. He breaks generational curses. 
Psalm 107, 13 and 14 says he broke their chains when they cried out to Jesus. So I ask you, I urge you to cry out to Jesus. You have to allow him to break your chains. And he knows that we will see trials. He knows that we will go through troubles. We must lean into him the most during this and he will prevail. In John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. He also restores, as it said in Psalms 23:3, in which we just went over this this whole weekend, and hate that you missed it if you did. But he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Christ himself will restore. He will confirm. He will strengthen. He will establish us. He refines us. He molds us. And that's why we go through fires. We've talked a lot about fire recently, and I don't want to call out Renee, but I'm going to speak on what she said the other day, or the other week. Jesus has to burn things so we can grow. He uses controlled fires in our lives to refine us. We cannot truly grow if we never go through a fire. Because we burn, there is beauty from ashes. Isaiah 61.3 just says that. My story may have started out from brokenness, lies, heartbreak. However, it's turned to one for forgiveness, restoration, joy, peace. I could have sat in my victimization. I could have stayed right there in that hole, but I didn't. God did not attend that for me. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. And I know that I will live to my potential according to his will. Ephesians 5.8 says, But now you have light from the Lord, so be the light. Darkness cannot overcome God's likeness. It has to bow at his name. I want you to know that it is okay to forgive those who hurt you. But most importantly, it is okay to forgive yourself. You do not have to live in brokenness. You do not have to live in shame. There is not one person who is too lost. He left the 99 to bring that one back. Allow God to have his way with your heart because he's a merciful God and he restores the brokenness. If you are here today feeling broke and unfitable, I urge you to lay that at Jesus' feet and allow him to have his way. Please forgive me. Um, I'm probably going to stumble over my words a little bit. And <laughs> but anyway, my name is Jeremy Hardy. I'm 42. I'm married to my wonderful wife, Kim. I have a loving family, a good life, and many blessings, and it's all from the Lord. I'm sharing to let this to let you know that you're not alone when it comes to experiencing hard times. And also to encourage you to hold on because God has you in his hands and you can trust him. Here's what God says about us. God says we are redeemed, forgiven, chosen, holy, blameless, predestined, adopted children, given every spiritual blessing given an inheritance, 
God's treasured possession, filled and sealed by the Holy Spirit. And this is not because of anything that we have done, but what Jesus has done for us. Yet sometimes I feel that I'm not even close to measuring up. I've accepted the lies and identities offered to me by the world. I know that I've been self-sabotaging. It's hard to forgive myself and embrace the freedom Jesus gave me. I have tr I've had trust issues most of my life, and I sometimes still do. For most of my life, I've struggled with anxiety, panty attacks, depression, flashbacks, loss of memory, and focus issues. In the last four, year, four years or so, I've been the worst of it. I've had days where I'm doing well, but I've also had days, just as many, where I had panic attacks and I was afraid to leave the house. But then there are the really bad days. These are the days when I struggle with depression, panic attacks, overwhelming shame, and that leaves me on the floor crying my eyes out and hating myself. All this has really lent itself to my struggle with unemployment, which in turn brings me more shame and anxiety. Here's how I got to this point, and what God showed me. My first day started out with a scalpel to the face, a spinal tap, and a stopped heart. But I still bear the scar on my face that reminds me that God saved me. I was diagnosed with epilepsy and brain damage when I was two years old, but God healed me of that. I watched my father walk out of my life six times. But we have a wonderful relationship now and he is one of my best friends. I had a violently abusive stepfather for the first few, of my, few years of my life and several other abusive adults, male and female, that were in and out of my life. And when I say violent, I mean there were times that we feared for our lives. But I have reason to believe that my stepfather is no longer the man he used to be. He's actually shown us some kindness, and I forgive him. My mother suffers from mental illness and alcoholism, and she was prone to violent mood swings, outbursts, and self-destructive behavior. Sadly, we're not that close, but I know she loves me, and she did the best she could, and she taught me a lot of domestic skills, such as cooking and cleaning and sewing and ironing. Yeah. <laughs> I watched my nine-year-old brother struggle with mental illness and substance abuse. He struggled for over 20 years. He's currently clean, he's working, and he's being a good dad, and I'm proud of him. At school, I was severely bullied for 12 years, everything from being punched, mocked, intensively, rocks thrown at me, hit with books, pushed down. I even had a couple 
guys try to throw me down a flight of steps. Uh, but I know that they're kids and they made bad choices and I forgive them. Thankfully, I was in special classes throughout most of my school years. That was God's grace. I was shown kindness, given support, and encouragement. I grew up poor, and for over half my life, we were on welfare or disability. There were many times where we depended on local ministries for food and clothes. But I got to see the provision put in place for that time and his love expressed through his children. I've lived in the projects where there was violence and vandalism. I've lived in a neighborhood full of truck dealers. But I got to know some great people. And I've always seen the Lord protect us and watch over us. He's always been there. I've even lived in a fallen down shack, it's like something out of an episode of horrors. But I had a loving grandmother who shared her greatest treasure with me, and that was Jesus and the love for his word. There were also times when I lived out of a duffel bag, and I was thankful for a place to sleep or something to eat. Thankfully, God has always provided me with shelter that I needed. And even though I was at my worst, the Lord still took care of me and sent his children to show me kindness. I've lost close friends and family through death, through circumstances and choice. But each one left me a little heartbroken. But I've been blessed to have so many wonderful people in my life and sadly, sometimes I take that for granted. I used to think I was a horrible person. But now I know I'm a person who went through some horrible things. And, that, and I made some really bad choices. I, I was arrested at 16 for trespassing and burglary. But God sent an officer was kind enough to show me tough love and kept me out of trouble from then on. I've lived a self-destructive lifestyle full, filled with uh, sexual immorality and had a porn addiction for over 20 years. I've attempted suicide by drinking poison and often hurt myself to numb my emotional pain. God has saved me and I'm in the process, in process if he helped me process the pain, I know that he is healing me and my wounds. I've had major issues with rage. I was combative, controlling, abusive, broken, and very jaded. But I'm not the man I used to be. I'm a new creation. And though I am a new creation, there are there are some things in my life that still need to be dealt with. And in 2019, I had a major nervous breakdown that lasted for months. And during this time, I was forced to face my past. This 
broke me more than I'd ever been broken. I could not stop the negative, hate-filled thoughts that bombarded my mind, thoughts that were heartbreakingly blasphemous and downright evil. I thought I had lost my salvation, my faith. I had so many panic attacks, I lost track. And I was afraid, so afraid that I could barely eat or sleep. And I thought for sure I was dying. But it was at this time when I started to truly trust the Lord. I was completely desperate for the Lord's presence in my life. I prayed a desperate and humble prayer of surrender. The Lord used this time to kill my pride and expose my wounds that needed healing. At the brag on Kim, Kim took care of me. She held me. She read scriptures to me. She encouraged me. We also started the work on repairing our marriage, one that was built on openness and communication. For most of our marriage, I've been shut off emotionally for the first two years, just numb. I just closed off completely. So here are some of the blessings that came out of this. I learned how to be more vulnerable and to receive love and grace when I needed it. I got involved with men's ministry and took the time to see the community around me. I've had so many wonderful people pour into my life and aid in my healing. I've also learned to be honest with the Lord and desperately dependent on him. It seems that I didn't lose my faith, but I was transformed my faith was transformed one that was deeper and more mature. I know that God has always been with me this whole time giving me grace. Much of that grace was delivered through my brothers and sisters in Christ, through vessels of the Holy Spirit. His fingerprints are found throughout my life, and my life verse is Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that be word. Because you can't be something that you're not already are. I love that. The Lord has always been there for me, and I trust he always will. So I leave you with a short message. I was reading in Luke 5, 17 through 26, and I was thinking about the paralyzed man whose friends lowered him through the roof for him to be healed by Jesus. And what came to me was how often we struggle intensely to take our needs and problems to the altar because we have become spiritually paralyzed, at least temporarily. I know I have. I say to myself, I have no right to be there. I don't deserve it. Or sometimes I think there are people in greater need than me. Or the most common for me is I don't want to burden others with my problems, not even the Lord. 
much honesty. I'm sometimes too ashamed to walk to the altar and receive the grace that's waiting for me. The Lord knows that I get like this, and he grants me grace. And thankfully, he either encourages me or he sends others to carry me. One of the most common ways that God pours his grace out is through his children. Don't believe me? There are several scriptures that I looked at regarding to this. I'm not going to read them all. It would take too long. But here's a list of them. Um, you may find them helpful. Ecclesiastes 4.12. John 13.34. James 5.16, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7. So what do I hope you take from my testimony? Life gets hard and we feel like we can't carry on. Still, we try to bear the burdens ourselves, but we just can't. We do not need to carry our burdens alone. It does not make us strong. It only brings us down. We all need to carry each other from time to time. We're not meant to walk this road alone. We all need somebody, but more than that, we all need Jesus. So did you listen for the themes? Did you see the common threads? I kept thinking while Amanda was talking and Jeremy was talking. Jeremy, I was, was going to tell you this, man. Like, grace just exudes out of you. Um, not that it doesn't you. I'm just, the whole time you're talking, I, I kept thinking, like, these are, these are trophies of grace, Right? And I think what we love about sermons is that we can listen to them from a distance and say that they apply to the person next to us. But there's something about stories and testimonies that make us go, holy cow, that's me. I, I struggle with that. I deal with that. I mean, I started writing down, like, the, the themes, and I had a long list God wants to heal you today. He just had two people stand here and just show you what it looks like for his grace to change you, to, to continually change you. And so we're going to end this way. Um, hey, you two people, hope you stay with us through this. You never know what those you two people will do. Um, sometimes they cut us off when we play songs, but... They've both had songs that they want us to play, so we're going to give you the chance to respond. This was heavy. And it's heavy because these are things that God so desperately wants to heal in us, right?
I mean, betrayal at work is one thing. Betrayal from family and close friendships, that's another. Abuse is hard to deal with. Divorce, separation, all the things, right? And, and I don't know what the pastoral way to say this is, but like each of the, all the verses you were reading, they all have buts in them. And I love the buts, right? Paul's really good at saying, but that is what you were. And this is who you are. And so if you're here this morning and you're struggling with any of those issues, those things that have come up in your life, um, the song that Amanda requested is clean. And, man, we want you to know that Jesus makes us clean, right? He, and when we recognize the sensitivity of it all, and you might not be in a place where you're like, yes, yeah, I'm going to stand up and say, hey, pray for me for all these things I'm struggling with. But there is, you come to this altar, there will be people that just place their hands on you and pray for you. Um, and then we'll just take some time to minister, and then we're going to send you out of here to go eat with a song that Jeremy re requested, and it's Don't Lose Heart by Stephen Curse Chapman. And, I mean, so just look at the, look at the, I love these, I love when y'all pick songs because it just shows us your heart even more. I'm just talking because people need some time to get ready because they know they need to deal with God, and they're not quite sure what to do. So we'll have a conversation while they work up the courage. Your testimony is so perfectly summed up in the song Clean because... You are. Jesus has washed you clean. And Jeremy, for you to pick a song called Don't Lose Heart after what you just told us. I kept thinking about that verse in Corinthians where Paul says, I was shipwrecked and I was, and he's just like all these long list of things. Like Jeremy was reading this long list of things that happened. I was like, that's just like Paul. And at the end of that list, he's like, but these, these things display the glory of God. They display the grace of God. And if if you're not looking at the struggles of your life through the lens that Jeremy and Amanda just displayed, you need to do some business with God, not because he's mad at you, but because he wants his children to be whole. So as we play this song, I mean, all of us in the house, we won't get cut off, right? You YouTube watchers, hopefully you can stick with us. Um, but please, don't just sit here and stare straight ahead. I told you before, we don't have the luxury of that. They have shared their testimony so that you will have to make a decision. Whose side are you going to be on? The defeated enemy or the victorious king? And I'm going to give you some space to make that decision.